we certainly live in exciting times, uh, and I think that's an understatement. Uh, just a couple of comments about current events, um, and that is, you know, it's impossible to to refrain from seeing that this whole governmental situation makes no sense. You know, how could a person uh, become president and within, I don't know, 10 months, he's an utter disaster? We've never seen anything like that. This type of incredibly, uh, incredible uh, failure that proceeds at such an incredible pace. We've never seen anything like that. <clears throat> so the question is, <clears throat> what can be the meaning behind all this? Now, there's no question that the, behind all of this is the Rabbanish Lodim. We know. Everything that happens is all part of a divine plan. We know that also. And ultimately, we know that all of it is designed to bring the Mashiach or to usher in the Messianic age. We know that also. But how do we understand? <clears throat> and what is so interesting <clears throat> is that the Rabbanishlam, when you look at it, American history, has always been behind America in one way or another. He's always protected America. You know, America was never attacked, you know, in terms of its home front until 9-11. That was the first time, you see. And uh, we see that this concept that since then, since 9-11, really America has gone to very difficult times. Because after 9-11... You know, then there was the whole problem of the uh, of, uh, Al-Qaeda, the whole problem of ISIS, then the whole problem of uh, bin Laden. I mean, all of this happened after 9-11, when America was really threatened in many, many ways, certainly by the Islamic radicals, you see. And then after that happened, what happened was also was the, uh, the depression, or should I say severe recession. That happened in 2008, you see. And that left, that left an enormous amount of damage in the stock market on Main Street. And, you know, who knows how many people lost their life savings or whatever, uh, you know, uh, wealth they had. So America really has been going through a great deal of Tsaras problems really in the last uh, 15, 20 years. <clears throat> and, you know, when you really think about it, you have to ask yourself, why is that? You know, because you have to remember, America is not just a country. Now, people fail to realize that there's an enormous amount of evil in the world. We don't even know the amount of evil that is out there. You see... But, but the reason why it's subdued or doesn't take over the whole planet is because the Rabbanu God, does not allow it to take over the planet. And one of the main instruments that he uses 
to stop the evil from dominating and proliferating is America. You know, America, whatever its faults are and so on, and of course there are, basically is a very good country. You know, they have the concept of, uh, besides democracy, you know, there's also the concept of fair play, liberty, freedom, free choice, you see. <clears throat> and there's basically justice. Justice is uh, applied in America, you know, and so on. And there's also a tremendous amount of chesed that America does. And that chesed, of course, manifests itself in what is called a tremendous amount of foreign aid to so many countries. That's a tremendous chesed. I think America is the greatest contributor of foreign aid that there is. But besides that, when you think about it, America has a tremendous merit, and that is that Jews are able to learn Torah in America. You know, without worrying. Worrying. You know, if uh, the pogroms are coming, you know, or the Gestapo, or any of these tremendous amount of uh, you know, uh, devastations that have gone on for thousands of years. So Jews are able to practice Judaism, learn Torah, spread Torah, spread mitzvahs, do mitzvahs, you know, without any fear or reprisal, you see. So that presents a tremendous merit for America. And I believe the reason for that, that America is this way, because Fundamentally, they have an incredible constitution. And the constitution is probably one of the greatest documents ever written in terms of the governance of mankind. Yeah. And there's no question in my mind that all of this was uh, influenced by divinity, by the Rabbanu Shalom. Because that document, when you look at it, the constitution and the Declaration of Independence, you know, it's really a magnificent statement of human rights, you know, of, of uh, like I say, equality and fairness. Yeah, we know there's, uh, there, you know, America has been down the road, a lot of, uh, you know, bad things, mistakes and so on, you know. But in comparison to other countries, America is angelic. That's what you can almost say. You know, that's notwithstanding, of course, in spite of the fact that there have been, you know, a lot of mistakes that America has done over the past. And there certainly was slavery, which was terrible. And I spoke about that, you know. But uh, by, by and large, America has been a tremendous haven for the Jews. And remember, the Jews have always experienced anti-Semitism. No matter where they go, it never stops, you see. <clears throat> so I believe that's the reasons why the Bershom has protected America, and not only protected America, but also has made it prosperous. You think about it, we, li we live better than the emperor of Rome. You know, we do. No question about that. <clears throat> I mean, who doesn't own a car? And they can't even dream of that in Rome, you know. And there's so many people that own houses. You go into a supermarket, you can't believe what's there. I mean, the variety and the quantity of food available 
is beyond belief. Problem is, of course, we take it for granted. But the truth is, was there ever a country in the history of mankind that had the riches and wealth, you know, and the tremendous amount of uh, availability of so many things like America? Of course not. So this is no question part of the merit that America has. But you have to remember also something which is very important. That God uses America as a policeman against the world. You see, like I say, you know, the world is a very evil place. There's a tremendous amount of, you know, bad stuff that happens every day. Whatever it is, you know, uh, child trafficking uh, and so on. But in any case, so God needs America, not that he needs it literally, obviously not, but he uses America in order to prevent the tremendous growth of evil that would take over the world. I mean, America was the only bulwark against communism. We know what they wanted to do. They wanted to take over the world. You see? And because of America, they failed. In fact, everybody fails because of America and so on. So that brings us to this concept or this question. Why does the Rebunsham seem to be destroying America? Which he is. It's obviously, you know, in terms of the inflation rate, which is now higher than 30 years, you know, in terms of the border, Texas and Arizona and New Mexico, you know, they're being destroyed. Then you have the whole concept of, you know, that the whole America is infested with COVID, you know. Then you have there's no energy and so on. The, you know, all the oil wells are being shut down and so on, you know. Then the, the economy, uh, supply chain uh, shortages and so on, you know. So the question, what is this? So the, the, the truth is that you can think about a lot of it. But the question remains, whatever happened to the divine shield for America? And I believe the answer is, which I had stated before, uh, that as long as America is righteous in that sense, you know, and they have fear, and they have tremendous amount of chesed, then that is the merit that will support them, you see. But once America becomes a beacon for tumor, tremendous defilement, you see, contamination, and hashchosa, which is corruption, then God removes his divine uh, protection and also his divine blessing. Now, they don't understand this. You know, they think that you know, America has a claim on success and wealth, uh, you know, economic prosperity and so on, you know. But it doesn't. What America doesn't understand is that there is no such thing as success unless God wills it. Not up to America. <clears throat> so like I say, when America becomes the beacon, the lighthouse for evil, for tremendous corruption, for stupidity and nonsense, you know, and persecution of ordinary people, you see, and wants to promote other things, then the Bershom removes his divine protection. And all of a sudden, America is falling. Now, the perfect candidate for this, obviously, is Biden. 
we all know what the problem with Biden is. <clears throat> I've mentioned it many times. <clears throat> but the problem, <clears throat> part of the problem is that the Rebbe has allowed uh, an evil person to become president of the United States. And I believe that's what he is. You know, Biden is a very evil. Because as, as senile as he is, he knows what's going on. He does. He may not realize all the consequences, but he knows what's happening. He doesn't care. He's not interested. He just wants to declare himself to be the person who inherits the title and the legacy of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. You know, where he really changed America, you see. He doesn't care, really, who suffers as a result of that, you know. So it's one thing in Roosevelt's time, he was trying to escape a depression, which was destroying the United States. <clears throat> but there's no depression now. On the contrary, you know, we all know we're coming off the uh, success of Trump. And America was doing fabulous with Trump. Now, what everybody has made the mistake, which I feel is incredible stupidity, is that the most important thing about a president even though his character is important, is his competence, because that's really what you want. As long as the guy, what they say, can deliver the goods, which means that he can run the country with a tremendous expertise, where everything flows smoothly, fine. Okay, so he's got a strange character in the sense that, you know, his tweets and whatever, but who cares? You think the other presidents were malachim? Of course not. They all have tremendous faults. But Trump was great. In fact, I would dare say that he's one of the greatest presidents in history, in American history, in terms of what he did for the United States. And I'm not even going into what he did for Israel, which is basically legendary in that sense. So people in the United States look at his character over his competence. So they put in a guy who is completely incompetent. <clears throat> he has no concept of what's going on. So, of course, it's absolutely absurd and asinine what America has done to itself. And in a certain sense, you know, they are getting what they deserve. I mean, this is what you want. This is what you get. And we have not even begin, begun to see the suffering that they will go to go through, you know, in terms of the the inflation and the invasion by, uh, you know, South America into America, you know, uh, the uh, gas pump, the, you know, the oil, the gas, uh, the rise in price of gas and so on, you know, and so many of the other things that are happening in America, you see. So that's, we see clearly what happened. The question is, okay, that's what America did. But clearly, the Rebbe did not protect America, which he always does. And the answer we have to say, because America is no longer a beacon, in a certain sense, of righteousness, you know, of what should be the good, the standard. America is no longer a standard bearer, you know, for righteousness and uh, justice from God. So God says, which is what he's doing, that if you want to allow the world to destroy itself because you're no longer my policeman, then I will destroy you because I have no need for you anymore, you see. 
So therefore, that, that's a very important concept that why this is happening uh, to America. But for Jewish people, of course, it has a different cheshbon. It's a different accounting, and that is to bring the Messianic era, you see. And we know that right before the Messianic era, the world turns dark. The world becomes a very difficult place to survive, as is attested to in the Gemara, Sanhedrin, Gemara Soito, that things are going to take a terrible dark turn. You know, as it says, I brought down the Gemara in Sanhedrin, where there are actually Amoroim that said, let him come, right? And I don't want to be there. Because they knew this, this happened at the end. This happens at the end. Because for the Jews, the critical thing is that they must deserve the Mashiach. You know, we think, well, you know, uh, you know, uh, Mashiach should come now. Yeah, of course. But there's a concept called Mishpot, justice. And he can't just walk in, you see, because the world runs through justice. The Jews have to deserve the Mashiach. And all of this suffering that we see with America, with COVID, we see the rise of China, which is an extremely dangerous you know, event. Same thing with Iran and Russia and so on. All of this is to satisfy justice in the sense that the, the satanic prosecutions that are saying Jews do not deserve any of this. So therefore, what the Bansham is doing is saying, you're right. And therefore, as which I mentioned happened by Moshe Rabbeinu in Egypt, the Bansham has to satisfy justice. So what we see is things are happening simultaneous. For the Jews, it's happening because Jews are terribly suffering, you see. Especially uh, religion and Torah, you know, in Eretz Israel, Because there's really a war against Haredim a war against Torah Judaism. And it's really just starting now. You see, again, because prosecutions say, you know why? We deserve also to rule over mankind. So therefore justice is satisfied. You see. But for the world, America, unfortunately, has now catered or collapsed to evil. Now they don't recognize this. They don't see themselves as evil. They see themselves, you know, for people who realize that the progressives are crazy. So they say that this is wrong, this is distorted, you see. But they don't realize that the real evil of America, you know, is not just progressives that want to bring in socialism and communism. No, the evil of America is the behavior of people. Where now we have incredible amount of gender or sexual perversions that now become commonplace. You know, before that, they were hidden. Now, not only are they blatantly open, but they have become preferred states of life. And not only preferred, they have become admired, which is incredible. So therefore, that type of behavior takes away the divine protection that America has. And they don't realize that, because like I say, they look at things like this in terms of, well, it's good, right? Everybody can do what they want. They can say what they want. 
You see? So it's fine. It's not evil if you now have no distinctions in gender or now a person can decide uh, if he's biologically or rather if he's a male or female, even if his biology is obviously a male or a female. It's absurd. They don't see that as evil. They just see that as good. It's an improvement in the world itself. But according to the Torah, it's an incredible evil, you see. And the problem, as I said, is that America is a beacon to the entire world. So America is no longer the cop, the police. You know, it's interesting, you know, which is almost prophetic. You know, there's something going around America. Defund the police, right? Defund the police means we don't need policemen anymore. So therefore, there's a no-bail law. You just get out. And uh, people are against the police. I mean, whatever, uh, you know, reason they made up, which of course is absurd, you know, could you defund the police? But if you think about it, it's a media-connected media. Because America has now defunded itself from being the police to the entire world. You see, they themselves used to be the policemen on the world to try to check and stop it from becoming thoroughly and radically evil, you see. But, so therefore America served as, as I said before, the policeman. But now what we see is America itself wants to defund police because the media can make media. It's almost like God is saying, I will allow America to see what has become of it, that they themselves are no longer my policemen to stop the evil of the world. See? And America will never recognize that because, like I said, they don't see the LGBTQ plus as evil. They just see, well, it's liberty. It's an improvement in the living style of mankind. But when you look at the Torah, you realize this is incredible what's called hashchosa, which is corruption which is an incredible evil to such an extent where we know God destroyed uh, the, the world, which tells us how serious this is in the eyes of God. So we are seeing really the collapse of America slowly deteriorating, which has been foretold by the Gemara, like I said, in Sanhedrin and Saita, that this would occur before Mashiach, you see. So that's a very important point of what's happening. Now, I see this as going, you know, one of two directions. And it's not easy to see which way. Either it's going to go this way, which is Biden. It'll get worse, much worse, very fast. And what that will happen is that Everybody's going to rush, of course, to vote uh, the uh, Democrats, the Democratic Party, out of the, the Congress and the Senate, you see. So that at least will mitigate the blow of what Biden, but it's not Biden. Biden is a puppet. It's really the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party has become a party of incredible evil. It's hard to believe this. 
But this is no longer what the Democrats used to be. They are incredibly evil. What they want is power. That's what they're looking for. So therefore, what the Bansham is saying, and this could be one idea, that I've, I've punished you enough. I need to get rid of the Democratic Party because they are the source of evil, you see. So therefore, Biden's failure or everything that's happening in America now, you know, which is the exact opposite of what Trump did, you know, is designed to destroy the Democratic Party. Now, there's a hint that this may happen, which is good news for the Jews, and it's good news for America, because it means that the Xero against America is over. So if the Russian destroys the Democratic Party, hopefully Trump will run again and in many ways correct the evil, the corruption that Biden has introduced. So that's a good sign. If what God wants to do is A, which means the Xero, the decree, has spent itself, it's over. So that's good. And then, of course, if the Republicans win the Congress and the Senate, then as a result of that, of course, um, the, 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 the uh, Biden will be a lame duck. Because then they, the Republican Congress can overrule, actually, anything he does. But there's another scenario, which is possible, and that's B. What is that? That Biden, that the Russian wants to continue to punish America. So Biden is not enough, you see. So what the Bansham is doing is he's going to make Biden fail so much that they are going to get rid of Biden. In other words, his senility will become so obvious and his, uh, and his inability to rationally uh, govern America is going to become so obvious. And the truth is, that is happening. I mean, what he would, did with Afghanistan boggles the mind. Any 10-year-old any kid would have said, how could you do this? So how can Biden have done this and whatever? But in any case, so what the Russian could be doing, which is a different path, is he's going to, you know, expose Biden to be so bad that they are going to get rid of him with the 25th Amendment. And in will come you know, Kamala Harris, which is much worse and she will really de destroy America. Because not only is she incompetent, she's always giggling. She comes across as a half-wit, in, in, in all honesty, you see. And what will happen is America, in many ways, won't tolerate her. So she can actually be instrumental in getting states to want to secede from the Union. It won't be a military battle, but it's very possible that there are many states that will not tolerate her stupidity. I mean, Biden is one thing because they never thought he would do this. But Harris, everybody sees she's crazy. She thinks the woman's an absolute idiot, and so on. So if she becomes the president, she will really destroy America, you see. And as a result of that, America actually may split. So it will no longer be the United States of America. It will be the divided states of America. Because right now, America 
is incredibly divided. We have never seen this country so divided. And that's what they are. And it's purposely being divided. I mean, how long can you keep blaming all whites to be racist and white supremacists where they are the perpetrators of evil and all the blacks are victims? You see? I mean, it's ridiculous. Not only is it not true, it is such an over-exaggeration as to be ludicrous. You see, that doesn't mean there isn't racism. Of course there is. There always was. In fact, there's always racism throughout mankind's history. We know that. Uh, you know, which nation doesn't think itself to be superior to another nation? You know, they all do. That's why there's so many wars. And that's why there's so much evil. Racism isn't something new. It's always been around. But you can't say that racism is the dominant feature of America. It's ridiculous. How in the world could Obama become president? Uh, you see, if, if, if everybody was racist. Of course it's stupid, you know. But what it has done, it has set the foundation of America being split. And if Harris becomes president, that's what's going to happen. Is America will become divided. She will be responsible. But that means that the Bajam is behind it. That means he wants America to split. Why? Because again, because America is, going, is destroying the world. This is a meter connected meter, measure for measure. America is destroying the world by being a beacon for all kinds of sexual perversions, you see, injustices, stupidities, but especially the corruption is terrible in America of many things. I mean, take a look at the judicial system, how corrupt it is and how idiotic it is and so on. But in any case, in the FBI and the CIA and so on. So that second scenario is terrible to think about. In fact, it's a nightmare scenario. But it's possible, like I say, that this is what the Bansham is doing. You see, and that bodes very bad for America, but also bodes very bad for the Jewish people, because progressives hate Jews. That's why there's such a rise in anti-Semitism. You know, when man wants to have power over other men, when mankind wants to have power over other mankind, then they must destroy God. Because he's a rival to their power. That's why communism inherently, which seeks power, absolute power, is always anti-Semitic or anti-religious. Because they don't want any competitor, you know, that's a power figure. They want to be the power. Uh, therefore, there will be a tremendous rise in anti-Semitism, which is very bad for the Jews in America. But we don't know. Maybe that's the reason why uh, Jews will begin thinking about Eretz Israel. It's a possibility. So this scenario, which I'm pointing out, is much worse than the first scenario. But the way things are headed, we can't tell, really. I mean, one good thing that happened is in the last elections, which occurred, you know, whatever, a week ago, two weeks ago, then there was a slaughter of the Democratic Party. So that's a very good thing. So that may indicate 
that the first scenario is what God is doing, where he is ending the decree in that sense, and uh, things will turn around and get much better, you see. But one of the key things that we have to see is not the restoration of America to sanity. <clears throat> one of the things that we need to see is the restoration of Israel, the Jewish people, to Torah and mitzvahs. How that will happen is unknown. <clears throat> but that must precede the Messianic era, you see. In certain ways, that's much more indicative of the entry of the Messianic era than the restoration or the salvation of America. Um, but like I say, <clears throat> um, that can happen anytime. It can happen in any way. Because that government right now, which is terribly anti-Torah and anti-Mitzvah, they can dissolve overnight. God can make some type of crisis. We all of a sudden, either the Arabs or one of the parties walk out and there's no majority. It's an incredibly sl a majority of what? Of one? That can fold up overnight. So, we have to hope that scenario number one is the scenario. <clears throat> that what the Muslims do is restore America by bringing in, hopefully, Trump, who will restore America, you know, the economy and so on. Then remove anti-Semitism in America. Not only that, but get behind Israel again you see, and move it forward in terms of whatever Tikkun has to have and the fall of the Israeli government in which there will be some type of government that will encourage, promote, foster real, authentic Torah Judaism. So when you think about it, you know, you can go either way. I merely present the possibilities but one thing we all have to understand, definitely, is God is allowing America to slip away. There's no question about that. The question is, how far and for what purpose? But there's no question. And also we see the speed of its deterioration. I mean, this is happening within 10 months of Biden becoming president. I mean, there's so many things that have crashed because of him. It's mind-boggling. So whatever the Russian is doing, one thing you can be sure of, it's going to happen quick. God has no time to do it slowly. He's doing it quick, you see. Now, we don't even know what Biden's going to do for the next year before they have elections in the Congress, you know. If this is what he did in 10 months, have the inflation, groceries, the, uh, what do you call it, there's no the uh, shipping, you know, the supply chain, you see, people coming to America, you know, the, uh, from South America and so on, you know, the immigrants, the illegals and all that, you know. Uh, and then you have so many other things going wrong and so on. Um, there's no question that these things are happening very, very rapidly. So in a certain sense, that's good. We're not delaying it. The Russian is not delaying this, you see. 
Whatever he's doing, he's going to do quickly. And that itself is a very good indicator that the Bansha wants to end the nightmare called the darkness before the Messianic era. That's what we do see from Biden. So that's the good news. The question is, we don't know which way it's going to go. Like I say, either it's scenario A, where Biden will lose and become a lame duck next year, you see, and then the Congress can undo a great deal of his damage that he's done, you know, uh, and then Trump will again take over uh, in 24, 2024, or, like I say, the scenario B, which is a nightmare, where Harris will become president and destroy America with tremendous speed, you see, and actually may cause a civil war, not militarily, but a tremendous struggle between the states that they want to split because they don't want to be ruled by this, this uh, idiot person that is the president of the United States. Either way, we are getting very close to the Mashiach. And that's really what's happening. We are witnessing darkness, tremendous darkness, which is coming rapidly. And that, that in itself is, uh, is good because it's, it's progressing very rapidly, you know. Well, look, we have to hope that it's scenario A and not scenario B and so on, you know. And I believe the reason why it would be A is the Torah that is learned in America. When you take a look at the amount of Torah, whether it be Dafyomi or Dirshu or so many uh, things that are happening in America where there's more people learning today, who knows than how many years before, you know, in, in, uh, in Europe and so on, you know. I find the great tragedy of this, of course, is that there's a lot of learning going on, but how much knowing is there? That's another discussion, and so on. But there's certainly a tremendous amount of learning. There's a tremendous amount of mitzvahs being done by the Jewish people, in spite of the fact that it's such a struggle in many ways, you know, to be doing the mitzvahs and so on. So that in itself, I believe, will protect America and hopefully steer it in direction A, you see. So, let's see what happens. Let's hope that it's going to go in that direction. But these are the possibilities based on the observations of what's happening and the answers to the questions that, whatever happened to God's protection of America as a special place and so on? This is a... These are the two possible scenarios in terms of what may happen. Any questions? I don't know. I hope that God destroys Biden and Kamala because the next choice is that stupid Pelosi. No, she will never become president. If they get rid of those other two idiots, then she's the third in line. Yeah, I know, but she'll never become president. You know, like I say, it's either Biden, which he's certainly now, or Harris, depending on how you, senile he becomes. 
You saw he just signed that thing, this trillion-dollar package that's yeah, that, really going to put the economy in the garbage? The infrastructure yeah. bill. Yeah, it's all part of the inflation. It's all part of the destruction of the economy. Exactly, yeah. Although but you have to think no about it. I mean, the, the problem with that bill is there's several problems. First of all, where is America going to get $1.3 trillion? You know, do you know how much a trillion dollars really is? I will give you a, a dramatic example. If I have a stack of $100 bills, how high would the stack be to equal $1 million? It's an interesting question. Remember, it's a stack of $100 bills. How high would the stack be to equal $1 million? And the answer is 42 inches. That's it. 42 inches. How high, now what happens if I have a stack of $100 bills, how high would that stack be to equal $1 trillion? Okay? And what the answer is? 674 miles. Whoa. That's the difference. People do not realize what a trillion dollars is. And they just voted the $1.2 trillion budget or your, uh, you know, uh, grant, whatever they call it, and so on, bill. You see, could you imagine the amount of money that that bill is? America doesn't have it. So all they're going to do is pump that money into the economy, right? And what's going to happen, it's going to flood the market with bills, now, for America, it's not hard to do. All they have to do is print it. Although I would imagine yeah, it takes a long time to print. Yeah, but it will the value of the dollar. Yes, it will do that. And the danger is, and this is to the benefit of America, right now the reserve currency is the, is the dollar. That means that, you know, how much gold is there really? Most countries don't have gold, you see. What they have is dollars, and the dollar is back. Not really, but it should be backed by gold. So what countries have, and they rely on this, and this is the money that they have, is dollar bills. That's called the reserve currency. And because of that, America is way ahead in so many different areas because its money is the reserve currency of the entire world. But what happens if the dollar becomes worthless? Then countries, not only will the dollar the purchasing power become worthless. But the dollar itself, you see, will be, will, is in danger of countries abandoning the dollar as the reserve currency. And maybe they'll take over the, uh, you know, the, the yen, whatever the uh, Chinese currency is, or whatever and so on. But that will reduce America to being a third world country. And there's always a danger of that, you see. And people are just watching what America does. So the fact that America is doing this is terrible. So that's very dangerous. But there's another idea that only one-third of the bill has anything to do with the infrastructure. Because America does need an infrastructure bill. Most, most uh, you know, roads, bridges, and tunnels and all that are deteriorating. But only one-third of the bill is really for infrastructure, the rest is giveaways. This is the problem, that the Democratic Party 
is a party of entitlements, giveaways, where they want to give everything for free. Why? Because then they can get the votes of these people. This is the problem, which is a tremendous, what's called chutzpah, because they are playing around with the value of the dollar. They are making people suffer enormously just so that their party can be in power. That should be illegal. So they're not interested in America. They're interested in the Democratic Party. You see? They have put their party before America. Therefore, it really should be illegal. That's the problem with this bill. And why the Republicans have agreed to this is hard to understand, you see. And why they could negotiate more for infrastructure. But in any case, listen, there's no question that many people say that this is going to wreak havoc with the dollar. Look, the dollar is already falling in Israel. I think it's up to 320 or maybe they say maybe go down to 310. 3.11 to the dollar. How much? The shekel to the dollar. How many? Three what? 11. Wow. I've never seen that before. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine people who move to Israel and they live on the dollar? It's terrible. You know, it's not worth, the dollar's worth much less. You have to spend many more dollars to be able to buy food, which is crazy, you see. But in any case, uh, because they're not interested, really. Now, if 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 he's able to put that other bill, the 3.5, trillion dollars, which is complete giveaways, it'll destroy America. But Biden doesn't care. Biden is interested in one thing. He wants to be the president for at least one term. So he feels he will have made his mark on his prestige, you see. But meanwhile, he's destroying America. So, you know, we have to wait and see. You have to hope that he cannot do this and that the uh, senators, Manchin and this other senator, Cinema, will stop it, you see. But whatever it is, it's either scenario A, where Biden becomes a lame duck, or scenario B, where Harris becomes the president and she will generate uh, a, a, a political civil war. And I want to tell you something. It's very dangerous because I don't know if you know it, but America has 400 million guns. In fact, it's very hard to get a gun license because there's no guns available, and there's no ammunition. Everybody has bought whatever's available. You see? That is a very dangerous situation, and so on. So we have to hope that uh, uh, it's the first scenario that the revolution wants to do. But you're talking about in two years from now. What are, you know, like we're going to sit here for two more years in this... In this one year. Uh, no, one year. What do you mean? 2024 right? is the new presidency. That's three years from now. We're going into 2022. So then we have two more years of Biden as president. Well, actually, you have three years. Three. You have three years. Because so he worse. wouldn't become president until January 20th of 2025. Right, so he'd be voted in in 24. 
Okay, so your scenario is talking in three years from now, but right now, you know, like, how is that giving us hope if we're talking about three years from now? Because the main thing is to stop Biden and make him a lame duck. We can't stop anything. It's all Hashem, so... No, that's what I mean. It's not us. Right. You know, that's why next year is pivotal for what happens. You know, if the Democrats win or the Republicans do not win the the Congress, then that's very, very bad. Very bad. Not only because of America, for the Jewish people. Who trusts trusts the voting system anymore? Not me. And Rabbi, the 13 Republicans voted with the stupid uh, bills. Yeah, yeah. Probably being blackmailed. Well, either that or they're being bought off, you know, but they're going to suffer at the polls. I think most of them are running. The Democrats are running scared because of the previous election where the, where the Democrats were slaughtered. They're all scared because most of the Congress is up for election. That's what's happening. It's incredible when you think about that. But next year's election is not only an indicator about America, but it's also an indicator about what the Rebbe wants to do with the Messianic process, you see. Do you think, you think Hashem's waiting till next year to, to start the process? No, because I once said, the process does not begin with America. It begins when the Torah comes out of the Klippah. You know, it's a, it, it, in many ways, it's a mystical event. That's what begins. If the Russian, the, the process, remember, it, it's not a process of politics. It's a process of revelation, you see. So in any case, that process has to begin. When will the Russian take the Torah out of the Klippah, which means out of the hands of the Sultan? You see, when will he take the Yechidah of Odom, half of it, which is the crown of Mashiach ben Yosef, when is he going to take that out and give it to an individual who will be Mashiach ben Yosef? And then whoever that is will begin his growth. That's the key, you see. These things will happen simultaneously. They're not going to wait until Trump, you see. They're two different processes that aim in the same direction. You see, that's the key. So it's not, so, I'm just giving the scenarios in terms of justice being satisfied and so on. But the real concept of a messianic process is, like I say, is that the Torah has to come out of the darkness. God has to bring his people back to him. Like it says, you know, I quote this passage. Many times in Nitzavim, you know, even if you're outcasts, be at the ends of heaven. From there, not Israel, but from there at the, out, at the outskirts of, of heaven, from there I will bring you out, right? I will gather you, and then I will take, and from there, right, I will take you. You see, so that has nothing to do with America. That has everything to do with 
the darkness ending and the redemption beginning. And that could, ha- that could happen now. Because anyway, it's going to take time until the Jews get re-educated, you see, and slowly make their way back to the Rabbanistan. That takes time anyway. It has nothing to do with Biden or Harris or Israel, Bennett or any of these people. So it's not, you know, so I, I, I'm not worried about what's happening to America. I am worried about the Amaratsis. I am worried about the ignoramuses or the ignorant people or the fact that millions of Jews are disappearing. 11 million Jews are gone. That's the worry, you see. And that, uh, and that so many Jews, you know, are, uh, like I say, leaving Judaism and, and, uh, and, you know, and, and so on. They're just the, the tremendous diminishment of spirituality. That's my worry, you see. And that, that's going to be simultaneous with the, uh, you know, with America and Israel and so on. So don't lose hope, because one is not connected to the other. Each one will work its way through what it has to do. You see? When the Torah is released <clears throat> from the Klippah, what actually happens? When is the Torah what? When the Torah will be released from the Klippah, what <clears throat> actually happens? Well, I once quoted a Medrash quite a while ago, and most people do not know this Medrash, and they don't understand the concept of the Medrash. <clears throat> and it's a Medrash Rabbah in Parshas in Sefer Vayikra, and it's in Parshas Tzav. Uh, okay? And it's the third section, if you want to look it up. And it says there <clears throat> that the Golos, Ein HaGuluyos Miskansois, the exiles will only be gathered, which means the end of the exile. Elo b'shvil schus, only because of the merit, limud mishnais, because of the learning of mishnais. That's what it says, which is incredible. Most people could, most people, when you tell, if you tell them this medrash, they say, what? What does mishnais have to do with this? Uh, but what people do not understand is this, is that there are two ways of getting the mitzvah, of doing a mitzvah, you know. One way is to do the mitzvah, and obviously that's considered doing a mitzvah. But the second way is that if you learn the Torah or the halachas of that mitzvah, then it is considered as if you've done the mitzvah, you see. And that medrash actually brings proof, because it says, This is the law of the sin offering, chatos. You see? So the medrash says, why yeah, does it say, tors? It's also the Gemara. Why does it say, this is the Torah of the chatos? It should just say, this is the chatos, which is a sacrifice, an offering. Uh, so the medrash learns that if you learn about the laws of chatos, or the laws of kochim, then it's as if you brought an animal to the altar as a chatos. From here we learn, <clears throat> so therefore, from here we learn that 
that learning is almost equivalent to doing. You need both. But learning about Torah is almost the same as doing Torah. And that's why it says, Talmud Torah Kineget Kulam. That Torah, learning Torah, is ways, uh, is equal to all the other mitzvahs. Not only in terms of its reward, because if you learn the Torah, it's as if you did the Torah. So the question is this. If you want to bring back the Jewish people from the diaspora, from the Golas, right? And you want to bring them back to you and gather and come back to you to be Talmud Chachomim, how are you going to do it? If you want them to have done the whole Torah, how? And the answer is Mishnayis. Because Mishnayis is the entire oral law. 4,192 Mishnayis. You see, the average Mishnah has seven or eight halachas. So let's say eight times 4,192, right, is 33,000 yediyos, facts of Torah. It's an staggering amount of knowledge of the oral law. But most Mishnais, right, they're missing information. They don't have the background information. Even with the Mishnah, there's missing material, and so on. If you added all the information you need, what's in the Mishnah, which is called the Mishnaic, the ideas itself, pre-Mishnaic, ideas that you have to know before the Mishnah, post-Mishnaic, ideas you have to have after the Mishnah, they would total more than 100,000 Yediyos, knowledge of the Torah. Could you imagine somebody knowing that? And today it's possible to know it from the Mishnais, because there are many good Mishnais that bring all the relevant data, information, that you need to know in order to understand every Mishnah clearly. So it comes out, the shortcut, if you want to call it that, uh, you see, where everybody not only can know the entire oral law, but actually have done the entire oral law. And that's the incredible kicker here, where they do it as well as know it, is by learning Mishnahis. But that's going to fulfill the mitzvah of Mishomika Betzcho. From there he will gather you. Which means from there he will separate you from the nations of the world, right? And he will bring you to him, Yikochecho, which means he will make you Tamid Chachomim. That's exactly what it means. That's what it means to get close to God. You see? So if that's the case, that's how God can fulfill that. You see? So it comes out. Now you may say, wait a minute. Even 4,192 missioners take time. And the answer is, not really. Because if you apply what's called the method of the Ramchal, which is to see things as a structure, you see, from top down, to see things, you know, uh, as a map, the whole Mishnah is, I don't feel believe this, but you could teach, if the, if the Mishnah was organized in the form of a map, it's called a Mishnahic map, which is a structure of the totality of every Mesechta, 63 of them, you could teach the entire oral law, all of it, in one year. Now, people are not going to believe that. But that's because people have never learned through a structure or through a map. They learn what's called linearly. In other words, as a linear, a straight fashion. And what that is, it's all fragments. But if you look at the Torah or each Mesechta as a map, 
when you see the totality of all the facts, all the information, and how they relate to each other, and you go from top down, well, first you see the map, then you see the next view is more detailed, and then the next view is more detailed than that, you can actually teach the entire oral law in one year. Isn't that incredible? So if God would okay, create the climate... What was that? If God would create the climate, if he would create the climate or the environment, of which of course he can, that this should happen, you see, that this type of Mishnahis should be developed and then disseminated, you could revolutionize Klai Yisrael. Because then everybody would be a massive Tamat Chochem. Because you would know in an organized way over 100,000 Yediyos of the entire oral law, which basically includes the entire written law. And by the way, the Mishnayis is 40% of Shas. That's what it is. So imagine learning this, you see, and imagine learning it in one year through the structural method using the concept called maps. Yeah, it's possible. I, and, and, you know, I'm not even talking about a messianic approach. I'm not talking about a supernatural approach. Right now, this way exists. And if it was ever implemented in yeshivas, schools, for Bali Tshuva, it would be a miracle. It would be absolutely astounding. I mean, think about that. A Bali Tshuva today, Right? Most people are, you know, there are hundreds of thousands of Baal Tshuva. I'm not even talking about the 11 million people that are gone. But imagine if all of a sudden the environment is created, where all of a sudden the Jewish people realize that there's a God, there's Judaism, and they want to come back, right? How are you going to teach them? You don't want to teach them supernaturally, because that's not the way the goal is going to happen. It's going to happen naturally, but what natural force is there, right, or natural way of education that can teach anybody the entire oral law in one year? You see? And this is the way to do it. God just has to create the environment that the Jews all of a sudden want to come back and learn. And there's actually a natural way to accomplish this. If you learn structurally, if the Mishnahis was developed in a structural way, instead of being, you know, learning the exact text uh, the way it is now, you could teach the whole Mishnahis in a year. And besides that, because you would have 63 diagrams, each one represent the totality of the entire tractate, the Sechta. So not only would you see the totality of the map, but you would link every Mishnah to that map, because the map is its structure, you see. But the upshot of all this is you, you could take a million people and teach them the whole oral law in one year. Could you imagine? There are hundreds of thousands of Bali Tshuva, if you think about that, right? I mean, there's Lubavitch that has 4,000 or maybe 5,000 Shlichem. Then there's other groups, you know, organizations, you know, there's Arachim and there's Levli Achim and so on. What do they do with people that come back? They can't do much. Maybe you can get a guy a Chavrusa. But the problem is, is that since so much of his life has gone without Torah, he doesn't have the time to sit down 
and acquire the entire oral law. Because if he's married, he's got to go to work, raise his kids. And there's so many other things that he has to do. He doesn't have time to sit down, you know, and learn this oral law. You see? He doesn't have 35 years to do this. He can't go to yeshiva and cut out his life. But what happens if there was an institute that would teach this, right? Specialize. That every person that entered would be able to master the entire Shisha Sidri Mishnah, the six orders of the Mishnah, in one year, and know it by heart, you see? Because incorporated in the entire educational process would be a memory system, because it's very easy to memorize Mishnahs if you have a system, you see? So could you imagine, you know, hundreds of thousands of people would approach it this way, and they would know the oral law, all of it. And they would know it clear, comprehensive, you see? And in many ways, they would be a master of the oral law. And that's 40% of Shas, you see. So, therefore, there is actually a natural way that can happen. And this way is exactly what the Medrash is saying. You see, it's the Medrash, the Medrash Rabbah, that the Golis ends because of the Limud Mishnayis, which is shocking when you think about that. Nobody would ever say this, you see, because the learning of Mishnayis does two things. It will enable you to go to the entire oral law. You know what that means? It's unbelievable. You know? The entire oral law, number one. And it will be able to give you the practice of the entire oral law. Because learning is the equivalent, in this sense, of doing. And the Medrash actually says that. So there you are. So we're not that far away from this. But it does take, uh, I think, a miracle, you know, to, uh, to create the environment where people will want to sign up for this. But I'll tell you something. I'll tell you even how that could be done. You see, there's a saying in English, nothing succeeds like a success. If you ever heard that statement. In other words, the greatest impetus to continue something is to be successful at it. And then you want to continue it. The beauty of Torah, and we don't know how it works, is that when a person learns Torah, there's a spark that's ignited in his neshama. And there's a reason for that. But that spark turns him on, you see. But that will only really happen if he's successful. That will motivate him to continue learning. But success is very elusive, you see. But what happens if a person has mastered the entire oral law through Mishnahis in the proper way, you see, knowing the vast amounts of, of, of Torah facts in Mishnahis, then he will never stop because he will have been incredibly successful, you see. And that is the way to reach um, the whole target audience of Bali Chuva, you see. So, I've just told you a natural way that you could actually educate all the Jews. Isn't that interesting? 
It's all based Rabbi, on that medrash. I can't Rabbi, hear you. Can you teach it to us? Can you teach Could it I, to us? Can I teach it to you? Yeah. Yeah, well, only what I've developed. I've developed a certain amount. Yeah. It, so is it, it's not fully developed yet? No. So would you because say... Because it, it requires, you know, because it, requ- it requires a team. You know, it's like, imagine Microsoft wants to create a software program. So they don't, they don't hire a guy. They hire like 300 guys. Because there are so many different facets of it that are required. So you need a team. It's like even art scroll, for instance. You know how many people work on an art scroll Gemara? It's not one guy. You have all sorts of people. To develop the totality of all the Mishnahis requires a team. Well, if that's the case, a team requires sponsorship, requires money, obviously, to hire people and so on. So this is a problem. You know, it needs funding to create an institute that will develop the total curriculum. You see? But this curriculum works because it focuses on ideas, knowledge, or facts of the oral law. Then, imagine, then once you learn the entire Mishnahis and you know over 100,000 facts of Torah, which is all of it, then you sit down and learn the Gemara. See? And since you know 40% of Shas right there, and you know every Mishnah and every Bryce or whatever, you see, then you sit down and learn the rest of Shas. But since you know 40%, you can learn ah, two blood a day. In two blood a day, you finish in 3.7 years. The entire Gemara. So it comes out 3.7 plus 1 is 4.75. In five years, you will be one of the greatest masters of the entire oral law. But the, the entire Gemara. But the beauty of that is that what frames it out is the structure of the Mishnayis. And therefore, everything you learn is located within that structure. It's like a map. You never get lost. You see? So it's a program that in five years, you can become an Odom Godel, a great man in Judaism. Imagine that. So imagine if you did it to kids. Kid starts off at 13, and in one year, he masters the entire Mishnahis. You have any idea what that means? All he needs is another three or four years to go through the rest of 2,711 pages. But since he has the entire framework, it's very easy. That means in five years, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, maybe 18, by the time he's 18 years old when he leaves high school, he will be one of the greatest Tamide Chachomim on the planet. Because he will remember everything. Because there are systems of memory that can make your mind almost photographic. You see? It's all there. But it just needs this tremendous uh, funding and sponsorship. So what I'm trying to show you is Would that you it is possible, apiteva means naturally, to do it. And that can proceed whether Biden is around or Harris doesn't make a difference for these people. I mean, that will run on its own track, and this will run on its own track. 
You see what I'm saying? Would you consider it in a clipa because it's not fully developed? Say that again? Consider it being in a clipa since it's not fully developed? Yes. Yes, it has to be released. That's what it has to be. This you is the problem. Be the re- that would be released at the same time as like when the Mashiach is released from his clipa? <clears throat> I believe that it can be released before the Mashiach himself is crowned. You see, because once the Mashiach is crowned, he will grow. He will grow tremendously, and he will grow fast. There isn't enough time, really, to start this when he is released. It has to start earlier. So by the time he is released, and he will grow fast, because that's what holiness does to a person, and that's what the crown of Adam Arishan will do. This is, we're, we're not talking here about a salvation. We're talking here about a redemption, a revelation, a redemption, which is the greatest single event in the history of the entire creation. I mean, everybody's waiting for this. This is the single point that everybody's waiting for. You know, uh, God who wants to anticipate this because once that happens then the creepers over it cannot prevent this and the redemption must happen so I believe it can start before you see anyway this is based you see on a medrash and now you understand what the medrash means that through Mishnayas you could master the entire oral law. And I want to tell you something. You know, in the old days, it was difficult to do that. But today, there are many, there are very good Mishnayas that bring in all the information you need. I mean, art school has three versions of Mishnayas, which are very good. Then you have another version, which is probably the best of all, which is called Saita Dismaya. Then you have other ones. Kahati was the old one. But between all of them, they bring down all the data that you need to know. You don't have to search. It saves you what's called the research or the legwork. You see? That's why it's possible today to do it. Whereas maybe a hundred years ago, no. You see? So therefore, today it's possible because of what's been published, uh, you know, out there and so on. But it can be done. I know it's hard to believe, but that's what the med- that's what the medrash says. Ein hagluyus miskanses, the exiles will only be gathered. Remember, yikabetzcho, he will gather you. Same language. Elo b'shvil schus, only because of the merit. Limud mishnayis. This is a medrash rabbo. You see. And I'm just explaining why and how to use the method of structure, which, by the way, is the method of Ramchal, uh, which is explained in the Derech Hashem, what he wrote, the Way of God, the Hagdoma, the introduction to the Way of God. If you have the book Way of God by Ramchal, Ramesh Chaim read the introduction, 
and you will see what I mean. What the Ramchal does not say, you see, which I am saying, is that the method of learning through structure is called rapid education. It is a method when you learn through structure, you can learn with incredible speed. You see. And that concept is revolutionary. Anyway, there you are. You now, you now know how uh, to do it. And I want to tell you something. Oh, here's what I wanted to say. And I really have to finish this, which is interesting. Okay. question is how. See, here's what happens. Like I said, success breeds success. So what happens if you have a yeshiva, right? And you take 10 students, that's all, right? Now, and you teach them the Mishnais. In one year, all of it, see? What happens is these 10 will be so enthralled by what they know that they will tell their friends. Uh, so the initial 10 will turn into each one can bring 10, and you advertise. So the next year, you have 100 instead of 10. And these 100, they bring 10 each because they're enthralled. Because there is nothing greater than mastering the entire oral law. It's beyond belief. So now you're up to 1,000. They bring another 10. So in a couple of years, actually, you can go much quicker than this, you see, you can have thousands of people who are running to master the entire oral law, and it's an opportunity that they've never had, and most of them have never even dreamed of, you see, because of the concept of rapid education, which is to master the entire Torah through the concept called structure. Anyway, so really it can go very rapidly, very rapidly, because it is so incredibly successful, you see. Okay. Very good class. Thank you, Rabbi. What was that? Thank you. You're welcome. You know? So I hope I've given you hope that, <clears throat> that we are very close. And not only that, but there is a natural way to fulfill the Pusik based on the medrash I quoted, that God says, I will take you out, or rather, even if your outcasts are at the ends of heaven, from there, which means the end of heaven, I will gather you, which is exactly what the Medra says, they will be gathered, you see, and I will then take you to me, which means that I will separate you from the nations of the world to get away from the Tumor, and I will bring you to me, and that always means to become unbelievable Tamidah Chachomim. What I've tried to show you is that there's actually a way, a natural way, without resorting to supernatural forces, that it could be done. And I believe that if I had the, the proper you know, input and sponsorship and funding and so on, you could you can train or teach, uh, I don't know, a million people within a couple of years to be incredible masters of the oral law. And that would spread throughout the entire Jewish people. And God would arrange it, because obviously it's necessary. He would somehow create the environment where Jews want to learn the Torah. So he's got to bring the population, you see. But the method is available and can be done.